Hey everyone, and welcome to the Survivalist Prepper Podcast. Uh, this week we've got a special guest on with us. Uh, we've got Morgan on from Rogue Preparedness, and what we're going to do is talk about bugging out with kids. She uh, recently went on a like a thirty day trip uh, and had some some key takeaways she wanted to share about that, as well as you know just preparing in general with kids. Uh, we're both kind of in that type of situation. We're just past that situation where ours are you know, out of the house now, or, you know, we're, they're mostly out of the house. We try to keep them out of the house, but they keep coming back. Uh, and her kids are uh, a lot younger. So she's going through, actually, she's got a pretty cool situation because they're, they're fairly young. So she can get them while they're young. Yeah. Right? She can totally like <laughs> imprint that this is normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you can find her at roguepreparedness.com. Uh, she's on Twitter. I believe she's on Facebook. Um, I'll let her let you know. But first off, Morgan, welcome to the show and uh, let everyone know how they can get a hold of you or, or what you're up to lately. Thank you so much for, for having me on. I'm a big fan of y'all's podcasts and website and such. And so I um, appreciate you having me on. Um, so I am Morgan from Rogue Preparedness. And uh, I have a YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and website and it basically if you just search google rogue preparedness it's almost all like Your you know stuff. rogue preparedness.com twitter.com slash it's rogue prepared so just search google rogue preparedness and you'll you'll see it all pop up cool. uh, youtube is, is my old i used to go by armed rogue and then i switched to rogue preparedness so anyway that's still the old name um yeah and that's pretty much it i just uh i've been at this preparedness thing for about 10 years before I had children and then children changed a lot yeah they change <laughs> everything and yeah. you do quite a bit on YouTube don't you yeah I I'm really really active on YouTube and I'm trying to build my website I think I started the website oh a year and a half ago or so but yeah I've been super active on YouTube since like 20 uh, 2015 or so and, and uh before that I was active on YouTube for a long time Cool. on another site but um yeah so what i'll do is i'll leave the link to your website your youtube channel all that stuff that way um anybody who wants to then go to survivalist prepper and then click to your website and they can find out all about you there and or just like you said search google rogue preparedness search youtube rogue preparedness i'm you're you're bound to find it. And she's on Instagram, and I just I just followed her Did on you? Instagram. Yeah, she's got 1,700 posts. That's pretty cool. Well, I'm not, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I try to be really active on uh, Instagram as well. Yeah, those I are some really pictures. neat pictures, too. You and your kids and, you know, backpacking. This looks so cool. I'm going to have to, like, go through everyone and, like, like every single post because they're so cool. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I see horses. <laughs> Lots of horses. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, boy, you got a fan. I love horses. <laughs> okay, so you you had recently went on a 30-day trip. And we and I want to, what I want to do is go over some of the stuff. It's kind of the takeaways from that. Because when you think about a bug-out situation, you know, it's not as, you know, 
as dire, I suppose. But there are some things, just like everything we do in daily life, that that we can learn from and and how, you know, oh my gosh, if we ever had to do this, this is what's going to come up. Some of those things you don't think about. Uh, was this trip you took, was it kind of a, uh, 30 days is a long time for a trip. Was it a kind of visiting family in different places or or how did that trip go? So we wanted to go on this long road trip just because we love road trips and traveling and all that. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't let anything like stop us. Like ev- when I, we, we told everybody about this 30 day road trip, they're like, with your toddler and baby, you're brave. And I'm like, yeah, well, and we know it's going to be tough. You know, we have no, uh, delusions about that, but, um, it was actually a lot tougher than we actually thought, is which is one of the reasons why we wanted to go on such a long trip. You know, we've gone on, you know, few day excursions, camping, you know, we go camping all the time. But, um, you know, something like this is a big eye opener to, you know, not just, you know, bugging out, but just anything like it's challenging your mindset, your physical ability, your, uh, you know, <laughs> well-being, you know, all this. I mean, it's challenging a lot of things, but yeah, we mainly were, I, I think your mental well-being. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. I mean, it really challenged us. There was one moment that we remember very specifically where both kids were like crying for totally different reasons. And we just looked at each other and we smiled and had to laugh. We were like, (laughs) there's nothing more we can do at this moment. We just have to laugh. Like there was nothing we could do for these children. So (laughs) either laugh or start running. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Laugh, cry, or just jump out of the car. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, so where did you, how far did you guys go over through different States or were you, you know, did you stay in one state? Uh, yeah. So, um, we went from Texas to Arizona to Mexico, California, Oregon, Washington, uh, Idaho, Utah. Oh, we went to Nevada, uh, Colorado, back to New Mexico and then to Texas. Wow. That's a that's big a trip. States. That's a lot of States. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of miles to cover. Even in 30 days, it's a lot of miles to cover. Um, yeah. we were visiting family and so we did stay with family sometimes. Uh, but we also did a lot of boondocking, um, which was a lot of fun. We've never boondocked before. And that was real big learning experience there too. What is, what is boondocking? So boondocking is basically, it's free camping, like uh, all the national, not all the national forests, but most national forests and uh, national public land you can camp on. And there's actually a site, it's called free uh, campsites.net. And then there's a app that's called boondocking or something. Um, But you just go and you just, um, you know, find a spot and camp and you can do this for free and pretty much anywhere. You want to generally find a spot that already has like a set up campsite, but you can make a campsite basically anywhere. Um, just set up your tent and go. Uh, also you can RV, you know, um, whatever. But, uh, that was really, really fun because in Texas, there's like no public land. We can't do that. We have like a couple national forests where you can do that in some spots. Um, but uh, otherwise, there's, there's really no opportunities for that. So um, that was a really cool experience for us. But it was hard to find in certain spaces um, because of some restrictions and things like BLM land. You can't do a whole yeah. much, a lot on BLM land. And, and we went to one place that was actually closed 
the week, the only week we cared about going to this one place, it was closed and they had sheep like eating the <laughs> weeds or something. We were like, what is this? <laughs> and so they wouldn't let anybody camp on it for that. Just that one week we were supposed to be there, of oh, course. No. So then did you have to like, you know, find alternatives and find someplace else to go? Yeah. So, you know, being preppers, we always talk about we got to have the plan B's and mm-hmm. the C's and whatever. Um, and for some stupid reason, we didn't have like any alternatives because we didn't, we didn't know that they could close. Like we didn't, Yeah. we just didn't know that this was a possibility. Oh, this will not be available to us or we wouldn't be able to find somewhere in, in the vicinity. This actually happened to us a couple times. Um, the other time it happened to us, we were in a very popular tourism location you know july mm-hmm. you know tourism summer and everywhere we went people packing all these free campsite and boondocking places <clears throat> so we actually had to go into a, a little actual campsite and camp because we couldn't find it it was like midnight turning into one o'clock oh, and we wow. were like dude we just yeah. gotta freaking stop <laughs> well and that's what i mean you hear it all the time in prepping circles and stuff about don't go out to the wilderness because that's where people are going to be and, you know, I think there is some truth to that, especially, you know, in the places that are that are going to be more popular. I think you'd have to go out, you know, some distance to actually get to where the people aren't going to be. Uh, yep. Yeah. And that sounds really interesting. I mean, that's something really good to think about since this boondocking would, no. seems to be like it's growing in popularity or I mean, I'd never heard of it before. But that's it. There's an app for it. So it must be popular. Well, in an SHTF type thing, there could be a lot of boondockers. Right. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. I mean, yeah. this is just a small vicinity of, you know, the tourism people. Let's think about all these people who actually know about the public land access, the boondocking, you know, the, they go camping and the outdoor industry in general is huge right now is booming you know i mean national parks are getting overcrowded i mean it's it's actually a really big deal right now so um you know if you're just going on a small vacation and you're seeing this many people it's going to be probably twice as much you know right. if not yeah more. imagine if something happened where everybody had to get out of the city or maybe there was just you know civil unrest and stuff like that and it wasn't everybody but it doesn't take everybody to you know start clogging things up. Well said. Yes, exactly. So I guess what was your your what what got you thinking about? I, I you're probably just like us. Anytime we go on a trip, we're always thinking about how this re- applies to preparedness and that. But what kind of got you thinking about like holy crap? If you know if we needed to actually bug out, it would be a lot. Yeah, a lot bigger pain in the butt than than, than we thought. Um, honestly, it um, it was our, our newborn. We have a four month old at the time. She was three months. Um, yeah. A month on the road with younger. a three month old huh? baby. That's that's a big deal. I don't think I'd want to go with you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and everybody. That's what a lot of people were saying. You know, very close to that. Like, oh, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? But Honestly, it was it was very challenging. I'm not even going to lie. Very challenging. But we um, were kind of our mindset just wasn't in it in the very beginning. We were just like normal road trip, you know, with Mm -hmm. a a trip. Sorry, excuse me. A road trip with a toddler 
very easy. She just sits there. She can play. She can entertain herself. You know, we do let her have the iPad in the car. You know, there's a lot of ways that she can entertain herself. You know, she can look out the window. She's cool with all these things. You know, not we don't need a lot of, you know, I mean, obviously we're interacting with her and stuff, but, you know, it's not like constant attention with her. Yeah. Obviously, with an infant, it's not like that. And so this was our very first big trip. We had gone camping with her once before, but it was just for a night um, at two months old. So, you know, and that was great. But that was camping. That was like an hour and a half away. Who big deal, right? Um, well, for us, it's no big deal. <laughs> because, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I'm all like acting like this is everybody. Everybody does this, but <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> with our first child, we went camping and did all of that when she was two months old, and it's just life for for us. Um, but uh, well, you get into that longer type situation and and even like a bug out situation where yeah it's it's cool you know in the beginning and we'll we'll go through some things why it's actually not so cool with kids or some challenges but it's kind of okay in the beginning but after a little bit you know kids get restless even the toddlers or the you oh, know teenagers even and the stuff adult like men that. like they <laughs> yeah well i got plenty of stuff especially in a situation like that i right. got Right. I have plenty of toys and stuff that would keep me occupied. So uh, <laughs> children are a little bit different where they're, you know, they're, they're raised children these days. None of them know what it's like to live without technology. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, that's all they know. So they don't know the stuff, the skills and all that stuff from the past. So when it comes to, or going outside and playing and, you know, drinking from the garden hose, stuff like that, uh, they don't, they, they haven't been brought up with that stuff. So it's, it's kind of a tough situation after, you know, a certain amount of time, then they're like, okay, this, this was cool and all, you know, the first day, but you know, now what, you know, when's this going to be over? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, that, uh, that's a hundred percent. There were a couple of times where, you know, I mean, it's been kind of scientifically proven that, uh, to, you know, too much time on the iPad actually, brings about more kind of, uh, not aggressive behavior, but just bad behavior. And so it. there were a couple of times where we kind of let her watch it a little too long. And so we had to take it away because her attitude was out of control. And, you know, <laughs> she had been sitting for a while. It was just a whole mess of things. Right. So mm -hmm. we had to stop and get out. And that's the whole mindset of it. You know, these are children, you know, they don't want to sit for long periods of time, especially an infant. An infant doesn't want to be in a car seat for a long period of time, you know. And also she was going through a leap. I don't know if you guys know what a leap is, but it's this mental leap thing where they've mapped out this whole year of life where kids go through these mental developments and things. Anyway, and so she was going through this leap at the same time at the very beginning of her road trip. So she was extra cranky extra wanting to stop like all the time, you know, we were like, oh, you know, we'll be able to get to this location in like a couple hours, boom, bye, boom, 30 minutes in, we're like, oh my God, we have to stop already. <laughs> and it was, it was frustrating at first because we we're like, really, like we just got started and we're already having to stop. And then we had to really adjust our mindset. We had, you know what? We're with a baby and a toddler. We have to stop. It is mandatory that we stop. It's not an option, you know. I can't bring the baby up in the front seat as we keep driving. That's not going to happen, right? So, um, you know, you you have to make those stops. And that's one of the first lessons that we learned is, you know, kids need those stops. They need time to play and get out and, 
just like adults, you know, we need to stretch our legs. <laughs> it hurts yeah. after a while. Well, not, it, it makes you think about, you know, if you were in a true bug out type situation, there may be situations where you absolutely can't. So you would have to figure out an alternative to that. Or, you know, just prepping in general, having children really changes, you know, it, when you read all these articles about bugging out or you, you know, watch videos and all that, everything's, you know, pretty point blank. You do this, you do that. You don't do this. You don't do that. When you have kids, all of that changes. So like if, you know, maybe you plan, a, you try to plan ahead as much as possible anyway and say, hey, we need to, you know, stop here because we may not be able to stop there or uh, it just changes. Everything changes with with kids, the way you prepare, um, the things that you need. I mean, just everything. I, I guess that's life in general. We, we basically yeah. give up our lives to raise them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, yeah. that's, and it's not a bad thing because, you no. know, we're making these good little people. Well, that it depends hopefully, on the kid. Well, <laughs> we want them to be good adults and, you know, they may not have chosen to be brought into this world, but we can do everything we can to turn them into, you know, being great people as they get older. And I think, you know, you just have to kind of bob and weave and just kind of roll with the punches, especially when, when there's kids concerned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, yeah, it does. It, it affects every decision you make. Yeah. Good parents anyway. I well, suppose. yeah. Right. I guess there's some parents that could give a crap. But right. <laughs> right. <laughs> those are, those are the yeah. kids we try Once to keep our kids away from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The ones that care like us, um, yeah. you know, we do care about their, uh, hygiene and, you know, mm -hmm. how much they're eating, their security. We care about all these things, you know, and, and that's another thing like you were just saying about, you know, you can't stop at these certain places. You know, maybe if it was just you or maybe you and your significant other or something, maybe you could handle this certain situation or this certain place by stopping here. But when you have children, you have to think about their safety. Um, you know, is this really a safe spot to be stopping with children? Right. Um, right. You know, can I can I properly protect them here or, you know, whatever? So that's always, always on my mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, even not necessarily just like in a bugging out situation, but even in a real world today situation, yeah. you don't I mean, there are so many crazy people. And even, you know, today going to a store or something, someone could say, hey, that's a cute baby or, you know, that's a cute toddler. And I mean, you could become a target because you have a child. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in a, in a SHTF type situation like that, even where it's not, you know, maybe it's not nation nationwide, but it's, you know, civil unrest stuff like that. You'd even probably be seen as a little bit more vulnerable being a mm -hmm. mother with the babies. Now, granted that I, I don't think I probably have a feeling you're not as vulnerable as most women because uh, you're <laughs> a little more, I keep thinking of Sarah too, where Sarah's like I'm telling four you gotta and a half out, feet tall. You got to check out her Instagram. You, yeah, know, well. you, you will think twice about messing with her. <laughs> yeah. It, you're probably the same way though. Cause I've seen a, a you did a couple videos with your compound bow. So it, it's, it seems like you can handle yourself, but you know, there'd still be that perception, you know, people are just that way. They mm -hmm. see a woman and a child and think easy target, whatever. Um, and you've got to think about that stuff as well, uh, that that security about what with, you know, the areas you stop and all that stuff. Yeah, 100 percent. It's either um, they're an easy target or they may actually stay away. It kind of depends on the mindset of, of the person that they're going through. You know, if you're really, you know, just a POS evil person, you don't care. You see this yeah. mother and baby. I, I heard this one. uh uh, story where this mother was putting her baby into the car seat, broad daylight in Walmart parking lot, 
And this guy came up behind her and like hit her on the head and, and, you know, you know, was trying to rob her, putting her child in the freaking seat. And then all these, you know, internet commandos, oh, you got to have situational awareness. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Much I easier. I understand. But he, he could have come out of nowhere. Right. Hit her behind. You know, he couldn't have been. She may not have even seen him coming at all. Because that happens actually quite a bit. And you're putting your child in the car seat. Have you ever put a child in a car seat? <laughs> it's okay. Wouldn't no <laughs> what am I going to do? Them in Stare the car over seat? my shoulder as I put my child in? I right. Mean, yeah, just toss them in the hard. back seat, check around. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah. Kids make things harder because you have to not only, you know, be aware for yourself, but be aware for them. But I agree the the art, the what it, what do you call it? The keyboard warriors that are, oh, I would oh, do yeah. this and this and this. It's like, you know, you wouldn't. You've never been in that situation. You have no idea. Well, it's easy to, to play that situation out in your head and have it come out just exactly the way you think it's going to come How out. How you want, you it, want to it to be. Yeah. Yeah. But right. when you're, you know, you, you just don't know. We can't all be. 100% on our guard all the time with every single thing we do. No. And and right. unfortunately, there's just people out there like that. That, that will, are going to take advantage of that situation. Yeah. And you think yeah. about some sort of disaster type situation, that's just going to be, you know, magnified. The people that aren't like that, or maybe they're borderline like that, Might are going to become like that. over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even the, the good people that become, you know, desperate. We've talked about this before, but people in uniforms, you got a priest or you got a cop. If that person is really desperate, that could be something they use mm -hmm. to, to gain an advantage against you. So, I mean, you just, there's, it's, it's, we should think about all this stuff and it's really easy to think about all this stuff, but uh, it doesn't, you know, play out quite to script most of the time. And that's why we always talk about plan B, plan C and, <laughs> mm -hmm. and all that yeah. stuff. Well, it's interesting. You talk about the uniforms. People are doing that now. Today, mm -hmm. they're using yeah. UPS uniforms, you know, post regular yeah. uniforms, you know, not even uniforms either. They're just, oh, I'm from your insurance company or whatever. You know, they see your security sign out front. Oh, I'm from, you know, whatever the security, ADA, whatever it's called. I don't know. And, um, and so, you know, they have these. They can gain your trust, on, and I they, guess. they knock on your door, right? And, yep. then, you know, oh, UPS, great, I'm going to open my door. Boom, they push their way in. You know, these are happening today. It's going to be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. yeah, even somebody just wearing a suit and tie, you think, okay, yep. this is a professional. Somebody in a suit and tie, you either think it's a Jehovah Witness or, you know, maybe the insurance adjuster or whatever. And if they've got a suit and tie on and they feed you this line, you know, you're going to be like, yeah, okay. I mean, some people would say, you know, let me see some credentials or something like that. Uh, a lot of right. most people these days would just be like, yeah, okay, yeah, now, I wouldn't, it, it, but yeah, it's social niceties. It's mm -hmm. trusting uh, that, oh, the police officer's there to help me. The fire, you know, whoever is here to help me, you know, that person in the suit, well, they must be a good, cool guy because they're in a suit and they're here to help me, right? They're at my door. They want to, you know, do something. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a couple questions. We're, we're at about, you know, 20 or so minutes. Um, but I, I had a couple of things that I wanted to go through. Are your, are your kids, you have two or three? Two. Two. And they're, so they're both relatively young. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to kind of go over some stuff about how, um, you know, getting your, your children involved into the whole prepping, the preparedness routine. Uh, yours are you know, a, a little bit too young for that, but I'm sure you've got some plans for, you know, how you're going to do it here in the future, you know, when they get old enough to start, 
you know, participating a little bit in the stuff and um, how to, you know, approach that with kids. I know with ours, we, we didn't get into prepping until, you know, basically they were, you know, almost, or they were, some of them were teenagers, a couple of them weren't. Uh, but it was almost to that point where it's not too far gone, but they'd already had their opinions made up. And, you know, so <laughs> it was, it was a, a challenge sometimes depending on the kid and we'll get into different personalities too, but depending on the kid, it was a challenge sometimes to get them to buy in. Uh, yeah. A couple of them, you know, they, you know, they were absolutely fine with it. A couple of them were like, what are you talking about? I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not even gonna, you know, acknowledge that you're, that you're talking about that stuff. But, um, but if you can get them when they're young, like you have, I think you've got a lot better chance of at least getting their buy-in and that's not, you know, saying make them full bore prepper, you know, teach them about an economic collapse and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But, you know, like Lisa was talking about when we were, we were off the air here about you making soap and stuff like that, doing stuff like that with the kids, it helps them, you know, get involved with it and actually helps them learn those, those skills, like I talked about before, where all they know is technology these days, you want soap, you go to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, you know what? I've actually been involving um, my, I have a, my three-year-old, I've been involving her since she was born. She doesn't know it, but I have, you know, <laughs> um, it's just going camping and hiking, you know, yeah, absolutely. having these things around them. So uh, having, you know, making fires around them. Now my three-year-old, she loves fire. She's obsessed with it, you know, and she loves <laughs> to help us make the fires and she, she likes all these things. Little does she know, you know, these are yeah. actual skills, you know? <laughs> well, it, it gives just... you an opportunity to teach them about the safety and the, you know, all of that different stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And somebody asked, you know, when's a good age to teach like knife safety? And I'm like, immediately. ASAP, whenever you can. Now, mm -hmm. you know, what I mean, there's no good age for any of this stuff. You you have to start, you know, now, because the sooner you start this stuff, like I was teaching her, you know, a little knife safety in the kitchen, like she gets up on her little stool and I, you know, say this is a knife and we, you know, only, you know, use it for cutting stuff like this food, you know, and then I'll show her whatever, you know, this edge is, is sharp, be careful, ouch, you know, stuff like that. I mean, just kids are so smart. Kids just aren't stupid. Like people seem to make them out to be Yeah, and they understand. Well, that. I think the same thing applies to, to gun safety and stuff. And that for adults, as well as children, if people were to just learn about it, I'm not saying everybody needs to own a gun or anything like right. that, but if they were just to learn about it, I think their perspectives on it would be a little bit different and there'd be far less accidents. So when you do yep. that with, with kids, yeah, you're teaching them that, Hey, this is, you know, this is something that could really hurt and I don't want that to happen. Whereas if you don't teach them, they're, you know, I'm not saying they're throwing knives at each other, but, you know. Right. Well, when our yeah. boys were teenagers. Yeah, know, they probably would totally have. totally different. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a good example of that actually is, um, so, you know, every day I put on my firearm and I walk out the door. My three-year-old's been seeing me do that since mm -hmm. forever, you know, since she's been born. It's just the way it is, you know, and I, and now she's finally at the age in which we can teach her actual firearm safety when which she can understand, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like if you see a gun, you know, come and tell us, you know, really basic stuff now. And she's almost, gosh, she's so close to wanting to, to 
you know, being able, not wanting to, but being able to, to learn, uh, firearm safety yeah. and, you know, with like a little BB gun and stuff like that, you know, um, yeah, I and, think it's, that's an awesome idea because kids that, uh, that understand about them aren't freaked out about them or they aren't, they don't think of it as a toy. Right. So, you know, they're, they're less likely to, to do some of the dumb stuff like we hear with, you know, a friend shooting his friend because they were, you know, playing cowboys and Indians or whatever. I don't know if I'm supposed right. to say that these days. Yeah, that might be politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Take your podcast down. Yeah, I know, huh? Get social justice warriors, get a whole bunch of comments with that stuff. But yeah, it is, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's it's that that stuff you can do. It's that stuff that we do on a regular basis, too, that we don't even think about. You know, going out mm-hmm. gardening, uh, when yep. we, we garden and stuff like that, it, when the kids were here, it was something that they saw Not they didn't necessarily get into it as much right. as we would have liked, but it's something they saw, um, uh, and something that, you know, at least they got it in the back of their mind. Camping, I think is a fantastic idea because there's, that is a true bug out type situation where you don't have the modern conveniences or if you want your cell phone or stuff like that you need to have the solar chargers and the alternative energy and um, there's yeah. just so many things you can teach with that the knife safety the fire starting the you know some of the bushcraft stuff the shelter building the you know and you can keep them busy doing that stuff too rather than just sitting there you know twiddling their thumbs going are we going to go home yet <laughs> yeah no, hundred percent, and we get them involved. Not them. <laughs> I get my infant involved. <laughs> You're in awesome. <laughs> uh, well, uh, they are involved in some way or another. Whether it's, hey, you want to help me with this, or hey, watch me do this, or hey, why am I doing this? Uh, from just her sitting here, you know, being a part of the, uh, um, you know, being a part of it, seeing it, like you were saying with the gardening. You know, the kids are watching it. Maybe they're not so involved. But they're seeing you do it, right? Mm-hmm. They're seeing you go fishing. Our three-year-old has seen us fish for, you know, since she was born. And now she has her own pole and she loves going fishing. Yeah, and she awesome. loves going camping. She loves making these tarps and going out and, you know, finding uh, wild edibles with me. I mean, she loves all these things because I've just been doing it and just involving her. And that's it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Yeah. And then as they get older, you know, you, you, they can make up their own minds at that point, but they also, you know, when you do end up having that conversation about why you're concerned about this and you're concerned about that, they'll ultimately, they're going to make up their own minds, but they're going to be more apt to listen to you or have that discussion with you if they, they understand it. Whereas if you've never had that conversation and all they get is what they get at school and from their friends and stuff. Uh, it's going to be a lot tougher to get that buy-in from them. Oh, the baby's Hello, the baby. baby wants to chime in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she wants to tell you her thoughts on the subject. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing um, I wanted to to cover with that too before we move on is different personalities. Like I was talking about with our kids, some of them were a little bit more apt to um, they they liked some of the like the the wilderness stuff, the camping and stuff like that. A couple of kids, the, the, the brain is the one I'm thinking of, wasn't, wasn't really all that into it. It actually liked to make fun of me. For He used to call me a doomsdayer. Doomsday uh, prepper. Doomsday prepper, That's yeah. And I told him I'm not a damn doomsday prepper. Uh, but he knew it got under my skin, so he'd give me a hard time with that. But even with that, he was still listening. So I couldn't, you know, with, with my son, this is Lisa's son that I was talking about, with my son, 
I could talk to him um, about conspiracy theories and all that stuff. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, Lisa, too. Lisa's more into the conspiracy theories than me. But uh, but with her son, it you had to approach it completely different. You had to be more logical and rational and explain your point. But even just the joking around, uh, it 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 got the conversation going. So even if even if he's not totally have that, even if he doesn't have, totally have that buy in, he's still going to understand that. So when something does happen, he's going to be like trying to recall that stuff. OK, now what? Now what? So kids, di different kids, different personalities. Uh, and that's going to depend on that's going to play a, a role in, you know, what you do. So some kids, maybe that gardening is something you need to, uh, you know, do a little bit with them. Some kids, it's the camping stuff. Some kids, it's the going out to the range. Uh, with us, it's basically all of our kids <laughs> going out to the range. But so how do you with your with your three year old, your toddler, how do you keep it fun for her? Entertainment. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's just it's just doing it like, um, you know, I don't have to explain why I'm doing something or whatever. And toddlers don't care. <laughs> OK, mm -hmm. they just want to do it and they just want to have fun with it, like building a bug out bag with her um, at I used to just do it for her and then I would do it in front of her a lot. And, you know, she didn't care for a long time, but now suddenly in the past six months, she cares. And now she can start adding stuff to it. Like I, I tell her what books and toys do you want in this? Oh, what clothes do you want in this? You know, Ooh, what snacks do you want in this? And she gets really excited because she loves backpacks and things now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, filling backpacks with stuff. And so, Sounds um, like me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It runs in the family. It runs yeah. in the prepper family anyway. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like, and this is probably hard for some people, but you seem like an awesome mom and you actually take the time. It would be a lot easier for you to just, you know, do everything. Boom, you're done. But you're allowing her to partake and, you know, you're allowing her to have that excitement and that enthusiasm of even something as simple as putting stuff in her, in her backpack. Right. Get them involved. Yeah, I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, I mean, if we scare our kids with, well, we have to build the bug about it this way. You can't have that toy. You can't do this. This is for emergencies, okay? You're, first of all, they're not going to be into it. And second right. of all, you're going to scare them away from the bug out bag pretty much forever. Right. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, that stupid bug out bag. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we got to do yep. that now? <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. So I don't even talk about the purpose right now. I will later. But obviously, you know, she's three. She right. does not care. <laughs> but she's just like, she got to help, you know, make a decision. She got to help put decide what she was going to put in her backpack. That's pretty exactly. cool. Yeah. And their their outlook on life is much different than ours. Like, like I was talking about earlier, they don't care about an economic collapse or anything like yeah. that. You're the one that pays the bills. They don't even know what a bill is. They just know yeah. you take care of them and that's all there is to it. So, um, and, and their, their goals in life are about having fun and food basically. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could make it fun for them and, and still take, and, and this goes with everything in life, make all these opportunities, learning experiences, um, it's just going to help in the long run. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. That's, that's basically it. <laughs> So now you have um, you have a bug out bag or a backpack for your three year old. Do you do the same thing for your infant, or does does the baby have their own bag, or do you just put parts of that into your bag? So she has her own separate little bag that attaches to mine. 
Um, you know, and it, it's just constantly changing, you know, sure. I mean, she's, she's an infant. So, you know, all she really needs now is some extra clothes, diapers. Uh, yeah, that changes every six months though. Yeah. <laughs> As they, they grow so much at that age. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. They grow so much. So I'm constantly changing it out. I mean, she's already, she's already in six months clothes. You know, I just changed her bug out bag. So it's, it's a little exhausting the first year having to constantly change it. But um, yeah, I, uh, it just attaches to mine. And then, um, only recently was, was I able to put a little bit more in my toddler's bag, mm-hmm. <laughs> get it out of my there bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's been pretty nice. I, I love seeing that. Uh, it's old enough to get there. put to work. You got to <laughs> yeah. carry some stuff too. do it for your exactly. sister. <laughs> so when you guys do go out on hikes and stuff, do you, does she wear her backpack? So she does for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, she right now she's really obsessed with her camelback. Mm-hmm. So I'm at least happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but you know, the backpack is very short lived, uh, but that's okay. You know, it's a small backpack. We can just throw it on ours or, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. So the camelback's cool. Cause you can actually do something with it. The backpack just sits there. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She can drink from the camel bag. Yeah. She has a lot of fun with it and it has a little whistle on it that she's obsessed with. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess your bug out bag, you know, you could read a lot of lists online and all that. Your bug out bag is probably completely different than the average person's, I assume. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I have to be aware of my children's needs as well as my own. So Wa- uh, mainly water, food, and like first aid specific stuff. So like medications for them, you know, uh, they mm-hmm. can't have my medications. Right. Um, the general other first aid's kind of the same. Um, and then, you know, food, water, you know, they have very specific things that they like, you know, toddlers are very specific to what they want to eat. So <laughs> yep. I have to be aware of that. And, you know, oh, you won't like these snacks this week. Okay, I'll put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'm still carrying a big load for them. Um, I will for quite some time still. But um, yeah, it's definitely a lot different. You know, like I don't carry like my shelter system. That's a really good example. A lot of people have a shelter system that's just like a tarp. Well, I can't have that. You know, I have to have an actual tent for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, comfort is really important. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, people so. people think that's just something that, hey, I'm just going to sleep on the ground, uh, which if you're by yourself, maybe that works. You're still going to get better rest if you, you're actually comfortable. But yeah. with children, you absolutely have to make it. Otherwise, you're not getting a wink of sleep the whole night. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they're going to let you know how uncomfortable and disappointed in you they are. Or, <laughs> or even what happens like if, you know, if you don't have a tent and you just have a shelter and you have a three-year-old who decides to get up and is very good at being quiet and you yeah. know, you're under a shelter with just a, a tarp and the, and you get up and your baby's gone. Out looking for Smokey the Bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I think really I'd much rather have a tent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, you you kind of made me think about something else too. Say it's the daytime, you've got a spot where you're, um, you feel pretty comfortable staying. 
you know, we've got play pens and stuff like that when you're at home. What do you do in a situation like that? Put them on a leash? I guess I probably <laughs> would. <laughs> I don't know if you would, but. So um, that's another really good point. You know, you have this vast space that they can just go, right? Um, what has actually worked well for us is that she just kind of wants to hang around us. You know, like if she sees something that catches her eye, like a lake or, you know, whatever, we just say, hey, let's hold on a little bit. We'll all go down there in a little bit. Luckily, you know, she she likes she likes to listen right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and she does listen pretty good. Um, but, you know, if you just kind of phrase it like that, you know, hey, you know, let's let's chat here for just a minute. And we'll all go down there in a little bit. Um, you know, kind of gives them a little bit of boundaries. You know, I don't I don't think I ever actually taught her, like, don't go into other people's campsites. But she doesn't. And I guess she just kind of learned, you know, don't go over there. I mean, I don't know. Some things you just kind of kids just pick up on. And, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, there was this one experience recently where we went camping and she kind of started to go a little far. And I just kind of told her, all right, that's enough. That's far enough. You know, you, you, we, we need to see you. You see us. Can't see us. You know, don't go any further. And she just kind of stopped and just sat there. She was cool and just <laughs> came back a little bit later, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of cool. live and learn. <laughs> yeah. Now, one more thing before we get out of here. I wanted to talk about, you hear the saying all the time, it takes a village. Um, in a sort of an SHTF type situation, disaster type situation, um, having people around is is always a good idea. It's a lot, always better than, you know, doing the lone wolf thing. Do you guys have any sort of like structure for that or any plans? I think with with kids, it'd be a lot easier if there were trusted people, you know, say eight, mm -hmm. 10 trusted people that could actually all chip in with something like that. At the very least, it would give you time to do what you need to do with your kids rather than having to focus on 15 different, different things. Have you thought about, you know, situations like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, right now, even just having one other person is a huge weight. Okay. Because that one other person can go do a task while one person watches the child or something. Mm -hmm. It's huge. If you don't have at least one other person, one other support, it's going to be not impossible. It's just going to be very difficult. Um, you know, children just want to do whatever they want. Babies get fussy. Children get fussy. You know, um, if it's the middle of the day, it's a hundred degrees out, you know, that's bad for children. Really bad. Yeah. You know I mean? It's just, uh, it's a lot of variables here. So, um, you know, we have to, uh, you, with a village, like you were saying, you really have to have those trusted people and our trusted people are kind of a little bit far away, but we would try to get to those trusted people. You know, and we have friends yeah. here that have other kids as well that we have, you know, could coordinate with and stuff, but it's, um, yeah, that's kind of know. our type of situation too. We've got, we don't necessarily have a group, uh, just because I've tried that a couple of times and it didn't quite work out. Yeah. Uh, but there are people that would absolutely be contacted like, Hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. People that we know in a situation like that are more apt to respond correctly, be be a help rather than a hindrance. Yes. Um, and I think with if we had children like that, it'd be the same type of situation is uh, get those people that we can help as long as as well as they can help us. Um, right. 
and together we can be a lot stronger when, you know, some of this stuff goes down. And I think that goes with, with any type of SHTF type situation. It's always good to have a group, I suppose, but it's a lot easier said than done that whole yeah. prepper group thing. Mm -hmm. uh, because you just don't, I mean, how much information are you going to give out to this Yahoo that seems super into prepping, but after a year or so, he decides, ah, it's not for me, but <laughs> he's got all your information now and knows what's going on and, and has in the back of his head, well, you know, I don't have to do any of this stuff, but I'll tell you what, if something does happen, I'm going to at least Dale's I know house. where to go. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kids are just, you know, I, they're, they just change everything you do and that that goes for everything in life uh they're they're awesome and as they you know even with that that extra person like you were talking about in a few years um that dynamic is going to change as well because that your your toddler now is going to be old enough she's going to be able to contribute more do more things um as she gets into the those teenage years um and even more so then although you know some depending on how the teenage years go she may not want to but <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping she's going to want to yeah. contribute and be part of it. So, you know, we'll see. But even you know, with, like you, you were know, saying with your team, with uh, your kids, you know, one of them just, you know, pushes yeah. back on it. I yeah. mean, even with this lifestyle, that's still a, a, a thought to me. You know, she could still push back and be like, I don't like this anymore. You know, but teenagers are teenagers. They may just, yeah. you know, come, come full circle back. You know, you can't force them, but. Right. They you usually do. I mean, we all, we, we never like the saying like you're just like your mom or you're just like your dad or whatever, but it seems like as we get older, that's exactly what we're like. So <laughs> they may go through their phase as teenagers where they don't want anything to do with that or anything to do with you. But eventually I think they all kind of circle back around. So if you've instilled that stuff in their heads, even if when they're going through that phase or whatever, uh, eventually, you know, they'll, they'll actually, when life starts to, when they're not, um, invincible anymore and life starts to make a little bit more sense to them, then they'll start thinking about that stuff and go, huh, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't so, maybe I ought to get back into this stuff. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's, that's the hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. All right, Morgan, uh, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Anything that we didn't cover that you want to? I don't think so. I think that was pretty much it. Okay. Uh, if anybody has any questions, um, you can get a hold of Morgan. She's got a YouTube channel. She's, I'll leave a link to her website. Uh, once again, that was roguepreparedness.com, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you can get over there, get a hold of her, uh, ask her any questions. If you do have children of your own and you, you've got questions that we didn't answer today, uh, she is the person to talk to. Uh, Sarah is also a good person. We talked about her a little bit in the beginning, but her kids are a little bit older. Whereas, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, Morgan's got the infants or the younger, younger ones. Mm -hmm. Sarah's got the middle ones and ours are grown up and out of the house. So, you know, it kind <laughs> of runs the gambit. Yeah. And, and I think that's, what's so neat about, you know, doing podcasts with different people like this or, or even just learning from other people, because we all have, you know, our own experiences and different experiences but it's really fun to hear how other parents are doing it with like yourself, you know, young kids and then you have the teenagers and so on. It's constantly so it's, changing. Yeah. And it's really, it's yeah. really neat to get different perspectives and just really broaden your horizons of your own level of preparedness and what you're going to do in the future. Yeah, I agree. Or totally what you're going to have to do in the future. Yeah. yeah. Or what you're going to have to do. Yeah. yeah. 
Like right. my kids are going to be like, you know, at this age, I got to start thinking about this or got to start thinking about that. Well, I'm thinking one day we're going to have grandbabies and I'm super excited because then we'll get to do the whole baby thing again. Turn them into little prepper babies. Turn a little prepper baby. Right? Secretly turn them into little preppers. Man. Yeah. We're that, gonna... That'll piss Kyle off. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I am totally going to do that. I'm so excited to be a grandma. <laughs> I'll be a grandma prepper. <laughs> Yeah, I, I bought her son a gas mask for Christmas one year, just as a joke. It was hilarious. But if I turn his baby into a prepper... Oh, my goodness. I, game over. I win. Yeah. <laughs> of course... Grandpa wins. Yeah. Of course, he's got to have a kid first, and by the time he does, I'll probably be like 95, so... <laughs> <laughs> got to get in there quick. Get your knowledge in there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, Morgan, uh, one more time before we get out of here, let everybody know where they can get a hold of you, uh, where you're at, and then uh, you know, we'll wrap everything up. All like right. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening, and thank you guys for having me on. It was a blast. Uh, everybody can come find me at roguepreparedness.com and just search Google for Rogue Preparedness, and you'll find me everywhere. Thank you. Yep. All right, Morgan, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming on this week. Okay, thank you. 